This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for tuning into this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I'm your host. This is our election coverage, our post-election coverage, if you will, of the recent announcement that Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States. I still can't believe I'm actually saying that, but it has happened. America went out and voted, and America has chosen their next leader of the country. And it's an America that I don't really quite recognize anymore. But who I do recognize is my favorite co-hosts that talk about all things related to geek and nerd culture. And today, we're getting a little political. So we have on this podcast, Torah, Mel, Karan, Joy, Kristen, and KB to express their thoughts and feelings about this election, what their takeaways were, what they thought about various states that turned red instead of blue, and where do we go from here? So take a listen to this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds podcast, the 2016 presidential election. Thank you so much for tuning into this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie. I'm your host, We are going to discuss the election, election 2016, between Hillary Rodham Clinton and Donald J. Trump. And uh, I don't even know where to begin. Mm. (laughs) I'll be quite honest with you. I don't know where to begin. But uh, we really just want to be able to um, articulate our thoughts and feelings and perspectives about what has happened over the last 24 hours with Donald Trump being announced as the president-elect. Um, and also a lot of the news that has come out of that. There's a lot of different news pieces that have um, been released on social media uh, from demonstrations and protests mm-hmm. to, you know, the conceding of Hillary Clinton that happened today. And uh, I, I want to go over all of that with you. So I have a full panel of women to talk about it with me. I have Torah, Kristen, KB, Karan, Joy, and Mel. Thank you, ladies, so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to talk about election 2016. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. I have a question. What does the J mm-hmm. and Donald J. Trump stand for? Because I was thinking, like, maybe jackass, ass. Joker. Joker, yeah. Jer- uh, <laughs> Jersey. Um, I, I have no idea what it stands for. Junebug. Jermaine. What's that? Junebug. Junebug. On the backwoods. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I, I don't know what to say to this. I'm still in shock. So I, I want to know from each of you guys, how did you prepare yourself for election night, uh, which was yesterday? Just kind of give us a little bit of a overview of the last 24 hours that you've had to deal with. So... Anybody can jump in, really. Uh, I prepared myself. This is Joy, by the way. I prepared myself uh, for the election night by actually going to Twitter. So I went to the Twitter New York office for the first time. Um, They had an event for election night. Um, If you've ever been into the Twitter New York City office, they have large screens up uh, showing uh, not only the election, but they also have a data wall that shows the top tweets and hashtags that are going on at the moment. Um, They were doing it in partnership with BuzzFeed uh, to live stream the event. 
And uh, so I, I went actually to the Twitter office to watch the election, and it was very disappointing. I, this is Tora. I did not prepare myself at all for the election. I <laughs> kind of got off work and was just like, um, I'm going to stay off social media and not stress myself. And then I went to Twitter and <laughs> never recovered. So I, I I guess I should have done some some sort of self-care or done some preparation for the but I, I didn't I didn't do anything but like sit in bed with like a blanket over me and watch the impending doom. <laughs> yeah, I'm with I'm with Tora. I didn't really have a plan except for I didn't want to watch anything and I didn't want to be on Twitter. So I just came home and I watched Doctor Who, took two Tylenol PM and then passed out. And then unfortunately woke up at um, 2.30 in the morning from a dream in which Hillary won, only to check my phone and see that she didn't. So after that, I didn't get back to sleep. It was, yeah, it was something. (laughs) Yeah, this is Kristen. I I knew I was going to get stressed out um, just because um, that's just me with this stuff. So I actually um, literally came home from work and uh, was cooking my lunches for the next couple of days, had some good music going, and a friend came over and we actually watched um, some of Flash. And then after she left... Um, I threw on PBS for about 15 minutes, saw what the results were coming in. Cause I was like, I did not touch the television till about 10 o'clock. I threw, I threw on, I started Buffy, <laughs> watched Buffy. And then by like 1130, I just went to bed. And when my phone just started, you know, going off, I just, I would look on Twitter and then I just was like, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. I, I, I just had this impending doom when I woke up that, that yesterday morning and just kind of, unfortunately figured this was going to happen. Yeah, it's KB. So um, actually, I was super hopeful yesterday, like when I started the day and I wasn't even in town and I flew back and I voted and I went to dinner with a friend. And while we were at dinner, um, you know, obviously it was election coverage 24-7. And I just said to her, like, I think he might win. <laughs> she was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, I, I am no longer hopeful. And I'm actually terrified. And I think he might win. So we left dinner and, and I just came home and I was like, you know what? They're not going to announce the results until around 11. So I can take a quick nap because, you know, you're exhausted. I woke up, still nothing. I'm like, okay, it's 1130. <laughs> I was like, I'll go back to sleep. I woke up again at 115 And really, it was still nothing at that point. But I knew that Hillary was going to concede. And I was like, this is the exact opposite of how I felt when I first woke up this morning. Like, I was extremely hopeful. And then I was just filled with complete and utter doom um, by the end of the night. This is Karan. Um, I started with wine. I always think in stressful situations, it's always great to have a nice full-bodied red in my hand. And um, I come from a very political family. My father uh, used to run campaigns and ran for office. So this is 
you know, this is what we do. This is such a huge part of our lives. He had had me at the polls when I was a kid that didn't exactly come out right. But um, we were very active in the political process from the time we were able to walk every year, all of the kids, all the grandkids, everybody. Um, so I, I went into the night wondering what the ebb and flow was going to be because not just the pe- presidential race, but we also have a horrible uh, governor in North Carolina. Um, and that race, you know, we had some, some people who were trying to take the seats of the incumbents, which was mostly Republicans. Um, so it was a very um, trying time. Um, but I knew there was going to be an ebb and flow. What I didn't expect was what seemed like a constant, consistent current of Trump dacity. Um, and there was a feeling of impending doom. And at one point, um, my daughter, who's in college, she just broke down and bawled and just bawled in tears. And I was, I thought she broke a leg or something and just couldn't stop crying. And I said, you know what? It's not over because we know that the polls, I'm on the East Coast, the polls had to close Mountain Time, then they had to close Central Time, and they had to close on the West Coast. And then we still only had a small percentage of the vote in. So, you know, nothing was final. And and it was obvious that Hillary uh, was getting the popular vote, but those electoral votes kept going up and up and up. And I just... I was in disbelief. I was a little bit numb. I turned to my friends at Queen Sugar and spent some time with them. And then um, I dozed off maybe about two o'clock. And then I woke back up at 4.30 and I was delirious when I heard Trump had won the election. Um... And then I was distraught and still trying to be the strong person for my daughter who woke up to discover that nothing had changed, that he had actually won. And um, her words were, white supremacy did this. Oh, the bottle was empty, too. (laughs) When was the bottle? Well, uh, (laughs) what did you say to her? When was the bottle empty? Like this morning, I, I don't know. Um, I don't remember, but <laughs> um, I made good use of it. So <laughs> it's for yeah. Um, I was in really good spirits that day because I voted at like when the polls opened at six a.m. I was there bright and early, and at my polling station, this was in Virginia Beach, Virginia. There was a ton of us out there. And by us, I mean black folks. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we got this. (laughs) We showed up and showed out. And um, I just felt really good that day. And all of the poll surveys that were coming out showed it in favor of Hillary. I mean, this has been going on for a while during this election season, showing um, Hillary getting most of the popular or the poll numbers showing that she's leading. And I mean, there was some ups and downs here and there, but for the most part, it was showing that she was, was leading. So I was very confident that Hillary was going to win. And I did prepare myself by having alcohol as well. Alcohol is your friend. 
Uh, so yes, like Quran, lots of wine. And when I was watching the television, I was live tweeting, used the hashtag DimVotes on Twitter, and a lot of folks was joining in. And I, I loved live tweeting because it's just a way of not only building community, but um, sort of us all in together watching um, a program or watching something where we can just, as a collective, um, share our experiences. And even if it's something that's frightening for us or something that's, you know, entertaining, it's, it's still, um, just a great way to build a rapport and build a relationship. So I live tweeted with everybody on Twitter. And at first they were very lighthearted, funny, snarky tweets. And then every single state <laughs> was showing Donald Trump as um, winning um, for that for that electoral state. And I just was getting scared and getting concerned and feeling really down that this guy is actually winning and could be our future president. And I had to close my laptop and, and just shut it down and, and go to bed. And when I woke up this morning and I saw it on Good Morning America that he was, in fact, um, announced as our president-elect, I just felt devastated and have been pretty much down all day. Uh, since then. So it's it's been a pretty somber day for me. I've been trying to play it off really well on Twitter by having a positive attitude, but um, I, I feel really, really down. And it's hard to work at a job where you're the only person of color. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I'm, I'm the only person of color there and, and it's none of my coworkers acknowledged anything about the election. Um, you know, they didn't ask my opinion. I didn't ask theirs. Um, but anyways, it, it, it's just a very hard space to maneuver in. Um, so yeah, that's that's been my experiences within the last 24 hours dealing with all of that. How long did you, I answered this myself, I, I, I actually was up until about 1.30 in the morning. Uh, how long did you guys stay up to watch the coverage? And what were your takeaways from the results as you were seeing each state turn red um, and some states did go blue. But as you were watching it, what were your takeaways as you were viewing it? Um, this, I, uh, this, this is Karan. Um, I, I will say I did engage on some social media. I was um, dibbling, dabbling in, in Facebook. And as I was watching the election progress, there were also a number of issues that had come up in my state. Um, as well as, um, I think it was the state of Tennessee where they were posting flyers saying that because of the, the, uh, overwhelming turnout that, uh, only Republicans were being allowed to vote yesterday and Democrats were to return tomorrow, which was today, um, to vote. And they were, it was, it looked like it was on official, um, election board, um, stationary. And then here in North Carolina, um, there were, there was a lot of noise in the afternoon because three of the four of the largest uh, jurisdictions, which are also majority black um, in Charlotte, in Greensboro, in uh, Raleigh and in Durham, people were being turned away at the polls and they were saying that it was uh, mechanical glitches, that they were glitches in the machines. But none of these people were offered provisional ballots. Um, they were turned away instead. And then they announced you know, at about seven o'clock in the evening, 
um, that they were extending the time until 830 for people to get to the polls. And I was trying to explain to some people that it didn't matter because in those areas, there's no transportation, especially at night. There's no public transportation or very little public transportation. So those people who got out during the day would not be able to return. And they were counting on that. So, you know, while this was going down, I think I stayed up. I must have fallen asleep right before they announced um, Trump as the presumptive winner of the election. Um, because I, after I heard that, after, when I heard those words, I got, I literally got sick to my stomach and threw up. And um, my takeaway from the results, I, I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but I knew the concession was coming and I didn't want it to come because I knew what I was seeing on that screen and I knew what I saw in the for the popular vote and the electoral vote. And um, this is the second time in my lifetime that a president has been elected by the people, but was chosen by the people, but elected by the Electoral College. Um, and. Well, that happened to Al Gore. In yeah, it, ha- it happened to Al Gore. Yeah. So that's the second time in my lifetime, you know, that that ha- that that's happened mm-hmm. um, because she did have the popular vote. She she had the popular vote. So, again, contending with having to deal with the people actually not choosing, not having their voices heard and not being given the respect of that choice. Um, and for my daughter, um, who was crushed, this was her first time voting. And she was so proud. She was excited. She was proud. After she got it over, but she thought it was boring. But still, she was really proud that she had a chance to vote for the first time and that it was for a woman. And uh, and that because of the way that our current president and first lady have carried out the office with such grace, that the transition would happen that way with celebration and jubilation around the world because the world was watching. And then I start started seeing the, the markets all over the world start to crash. The more he won, the lower it got. And I said, oh, Lord, this fool going to destroy. He's, he's going, uh, he's, I can't. But um, my takeaway from the results were I don't believe them. I don't. Um, he said it was rigged. I think we should take him for his word and kick his ass out. Um, I stayed up till midnight. My thinking was new day, fresh start. Once it hits midnight, it's November 9th. Let me just go to bed, um, and hope for the best. And then I woke up in the morning and, uh, checked my phone and, uh, saw that he won the presidency that he got. I think at the time it was what, like 276 electoral votes. And like, I felt like the, in my head, the, the instrumental to weary by Solange, like started playing in my head. Like I was just laying in my bed, like this is not happening. This is not happening right now. And, um, to Jamie's point, it was hard. I'm not the only, um, black person in my, um, office, which is great, but it was very, very hard to come into work because I, I really could not focus. It was really difficult for me to focus um, to the point where my manager was like, I, I understand, just go home early. So I went home early because I, I could not just wrap my head around where do we go from here? And um, we'll get into it in terms of 
how the numbers panned out in terms of the exit polls and things of that nature. But I had a lot of distrust amongst my coworkers because I kept looking at them like, which one, which one of you motherfuckers voted for this man? Like, I, like you just have that response because you're just looking at people so suspiciously like, okay, which one of y'all did it? Because it wasn't me. Um, and so it was just, it was hard. It was hard to, to stay up even for midnight because it was going downhill very fast even at midnight. But I tried to hold on as much as I could. This is Kristen. I like I said, I didn't I tried not to watch it, um, but I did when I was in bed, I, I did um sit there with my phone and just keep refreshing Twitter to, you know, keep um keep on top of things. Um just because I remember for me it's it's so funny because my first presidential election that I voted in was for uh Clinton's first one. I was a uh, a freshman in college and my nephew's a freshman in college this year and he worked really close with the Clinton campaign in Florida cuz he's there and he actually switched his um his uh registration his voter registration from California where he was living to Florida where he's in school and he was all excited and asked me if he can come you know, um, stay with me for the inauguration and stuff like that. And I was so proud of him that he was into it. And then I saw this happening and I was like, oh, he must be devastated because I remember how happy I was when I was in college and this happened. Um, I did not sleep well um, when I woke up. You would have thought that I was, you know, in an MMA fight the night before. Um, it was it was rough getting to work. Um, luckily, where I am, I'm actually um literally three blocks away from Pennsylvania Avenue in DC. So a lot of the folks that work downtown are, um, uh, government workers and stuff like that. And I mean, everyone just was in a daze, but I walked into this one coffee shop in the morning and they all know me there. And one of the girls was like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm fine. Um, and she just kind of looked at me and she was just like, it's all right. We're going to get through this. And I was just like, you know, this it's that obvious that everyone's just dazed. I mean, especially compared to I remember when um, President Obama was elected the first time, it was like one huge party. I mean, people, strangers hugging each other, giving each other high fives as you walk to work that next day. So um, it was rough. And, you know, my job just because of the um, what we deal with, the majority of the people at the job are very liberal so it was like we all came in i mean folks were actually wearing some people were wearing black everyone kind of i just decided not to get into it but um some folks at one point you know kind of huddled around the television to watch her concession speech live i was just like i i cannot do this right now i i was you know um my old roommate and I um, spent some time together today and she was just like, I, this is not people talk to me day. I, I don't want to, I don't want people to even acknowledge that I'm here. I just, just leave me alone. Don't give me that side. eye. don't, don't, you know, want to talk about and have me explain anything. Just give me my work. Let me do what I need to do and leave me alone. And that's pretty much how I was um, all day today. And of course, because I was in such a, a weird mood. I took the wrong bus home. <laughs> so I actually was wandering through Northern Virginia trying to get back home. And actually it took me like over an hour to get home. And I was like, and this is what I get for not paying attention and when walking around like a post-election night zombie. So um, it's very interesting that you brought up um, 
the when Obama was first elected. So okay, so when I stayed up like all night last night, pretty much. I told you guys I I have problems falling asleep as it is. So this was just a lot, a like sensory overload for me. So I was up pretty much all night, just like refreshing and watching people's reactions and kind of seeing, um, you know, people shifting blame across. <laughs> um, across timelines, and this is your fault. This is third parties, voters' fault, and then kind of seeing um as the statistics came out that it was kind of oh well, this is actually a lot of the people that voted for Trump were people that we thought were going to like we we found out that a lot of white women turned up to vote for Trump that we that we did not know were going to vote for Trump so. Um, seeing that shift, um, especially, you know, online after everybody was talking about sticking all those stickers on Susan B. Anthony's grave was just really interesting. Um, just staying up all night, seeing all of those shifting tweets, but then I had to go to work and I was not in the best mood, but I work from home and my supervisor is Filipino and he and I together were just like not here for it. And majority of my coworkers um, were in chat, just agreeing with each other to be like really passive and white about it. And he gave me a um, day off for being black. <laughs> um, so I took the day off um, and kind of watched the rest of the world deal um, and went to Facebook and saw people that I went to Wake Forest with, which is a PWI. And it was an interesting, it was interesting to see the reactions because when I was on Wake Forest campus, when Obama was elected, I had similarly, I was similarly afraid when Obama was elected because I was immediately aware of people that I did not know were racist. Like it was, oh my God, I've been living in this super white area. And I mean, obviously, you know, when you're in a, in an area that's white, but you're not aware that all of these people have been like undercover racist. So it was kind of the same. So obviously we knew a lot, obviously black America knew that America is not for us, but to see that white supremacy is just, you know, gives zero fucks about us to the point that they'll elect this just super unqualified racist, xenophobic, sexist, nothing just to punish us for Obama is just, okay. So, and then to see all of these people that I went to Wake Forest with or that I went to high school with just kind of either being passive or supporting him was just a bit much. So I spent my day like that and it was just, it was just a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> so KB here. Um, I stayed up again probably until, well, off and on, till about 1.30. Um, and I think really just my takeaways from the results were mostly like, I don't want this. This is not what I signed up for. Um, you can have this back. 
um, a lot of those things. I tried really hard today to be positive, but um, just after talking to, um, and, I, and I know a lot of people say don't talk about politics with your, your coworkers, but my coworkers and I have uh, become friends of sorts, and so uh, we all felt the same way, so we had a very long venting session, and um, just even talking to it with my parents and like kind of what this means for them and um, what it means for all of us and then just discussing it with my best friends. It, it was a really tough day, I think. Like just a very tough day to be um, a woman and a person of color uh, in America and just to wake up and, and realize that this was not a, a bad dream, uh, that this is in fact reality and soon he will be inaugurated and, you know, we will have him speaking for us as the voice of America, like that is terrifying to me. And so, um, it has just been, I don't know, today I had a lot of self care where I just really needed to basically climb into a hole and, and figure out life itself. But, you know, also as someone who works in an industry that he wants to cut almost immediately, um, it really was just like, oh, okay, so my entire life will probably change, you know, the moment um, you are uh, truly inaugurated and you really step foot into office. Thank you. So um, in addition to really just uh, kind of being overwhelmed with the results, uh, I also spent my day looking for a new job because clearly that's coming down the pipeline as well. So, yeah. Um, this is Mel. Um we can hear you. Yes. Okay. Yes. It got really quiet. I'm sorry. Um, so once, We're all I, on <laughs> once I found out, um, I didn't get much sleep after that. And I remember talking to my mom this morning and she was telling me how, um, the blame fest had already started with the media saying that black people didn't show up to vote and Latinos didn't show up to vote. And this is the reason why Trump won. I'm like, I knew they were going to do this. I knew they were going to go in this direction. It's always our fault. Always. And then I went to work and praying that no one would say anything, which is what happened for most of the day. No one said it was like a regular day. No one said a thing except for two incidences. Um, one was right before my lunch. Um, one of the IT guys came to talk to one of, um, my coworkers who's like in the office next to mine and she's a nice lady, but she, as she told me is conservative, but she didn't want to vote for Trump because she thought he was crazy. But this guy who fixed my computer was so nice to me did vote for Trump and he was standing there gloating and she was laughing with him. And then she's like, I almost feel bad for Hillary just a teeny bit. And then they both laugh. I'm like, no, we really don't. And I'm like, this is going to be the rest. <laughs> this is going to be what the four, the next four years feels like. And the second incident, also with an IT guy, but, you know, me and him, we actually really get along. And we had this long conversation about whether or not he should take his family and go back to Mexico because he's, we were weighing, we were weighing options like, okay, he has really good job here. He has really good benefits, but how long are he, is he going to have that job? How long before they start coming after us? And it's just insane. <laughs> what we're going to have to deal with. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to think about. Yeah. I mean, I really 
blame the media for touting this man around as a legitimate presidential candidate. And I saw somebody tweet this saying that the media has blood on their hands. And that is so accurate because they did so much coverage on this man from the moment he announced his candidacy for president up until now. Uh, I mean, I watch Good Morning America every day, not to point fingers, but I'm just giving an example because I watch this show um, every morning when I get up and get ready to go to work. But every single day they air at least a 10 minute segment on uh, on on Donald Trump, on what he's up to. Uh, what what's his latest soundbite? Um, you know, there's a guy that's writing a book about him. Let's interview him and have him on the show. I, you know, he was he saturated the media. And I think that plays a huge role in why and how he became very relevant and how he got to the point of being elected. Um, even playing these repeated soundbites of him saying that the election is rigged, the election is rigged rigged and people believing that false rhetoric that somehow or another that they should make sure let's cling on tight to these ballots and, and be there at the polls or send in our, our mail-in ballots and make sure that we vote for this man because our freedoms are somehow being compromised. Um, so just, yeah, all of this false rhetoric just being repeated on a daily basis. And uh, it's almost like a lot of people were brainwashed. And now we have a man who is going to be responsible for being our, not only our president, but our commander in chief. <laughs> so he's going to be leading our troops. Um, he's going to be making these decisions uh, when it comes to war. And that frightens the hell out of me. Uh, and the media was so focused on all of the sensationalism of this candidate that I have yet to hear anything about jobs. You know, how he's going to boost the economy, climate change. That wasn't even a discussion during the presidential debate. So there's a lot of things about uh, Donald Trump that I am fearful of. And I had saw a tweet from Shelley Ellis Romance on Twitter about Social Security, that it's going to run out by 2034. And he hasn't even had a conversation about what he's going to do to keep that afloat. And I thought that, that was an excellent point because, yeah, well, these kind of conversations we have yet to hear. And this man is going to be making those kinds of decisions that not only will affect our lives now, but in many decades to come. So that's very frightening for me. Uh, so yeah, my, my takeaway is that I'm, I'm afraid for our, our children and our children's children. And I know that sounds super dramatic, but it's the truth. So it's, it's, it's really sad that we've come to a point where People are so fearful of uh, people of color and marginalized communities that they are willing to vote in a super unqualified man to run this country and bring it down to the ground. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. That is my hope. That is my prayer. Um, but it could happen. When you were talking about, you know, blood on the hands of the media, um, I completely agree with you. I mean, I I went to school for journalism and it just it it kills me to I've actually stopped watching. I don't have cable anymore, but when I had cable, I stopped watching the 24-hour news cycles channels because it was 
it was just garbage. There was a lot of yelling at each other. Um, and Maddening. you know, and no one actually took the time to, you have 24 hours, take the time to explain a story. Why am I, why am I learning more from magazines and print newspapers, you know, um, that, that then, you know, something like say like an MSNBC or CNN, that all they want to do is a quick soundbite. And it's, it's, you know, that and the fact that, you know, folks, just because of the microwave society that we're in, it's like, give it all to me with the subject line and, and three sentences. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't have time for any of this. And it just, it, it kills me that, you know, journalists, a lot of, especially the younger ones today, that's, you know, they don't, they don't ha- have to research stuff and 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 do all this stuff it's like you know you just put everything in the newspaper and the editor is like okay that that's fine or online or you say whatever on television and people just take it without actually looking to see what the truth behind it is i mean i totally agree with that it just it it completely disgusts me how certain questions were not being asked and and or folks were scared because of his bombastic attitude and and just kind of they they helped usher this in and you know Brian Williams sigh last night that was heard all over the world it's like dude it's a little too late some you know someone should have started asking questions last year not you know 3 or 4 weeks ago when all these random small stories were coming out I completely agree with you. Um, as a journalist myself, I went to J school. I was really disgusted by what I was seeing in the media over and over again with the coverage of this idiot. Um, there is no integrity in, in the 24 hour news cycle. And I had to stop watching it myself. Um, and if it did anything, it, it made me, it made me make a choice to, focus on integrity and um, to make a greater contribution to getting to the truth and disseminating the news myself. And and it, it, it really, in a negative way, encouraged me to um, pursue establishing our own networks, our own, you know, news flows, um, our own truth, uh, because this was a bunch of foolishness. And I, I don't, I don't understand. I had the two encounters today. One was um, I'm back in school right now. One was, you know, one of the officials from my school and we're talking and there was this weird, uncomfortable silence. And then we both sighed at the same time. And I said, it's not a good day. And she said, I think we're on the same page. And then the floodgates just opened and she started telling me about how she had been telling her daughter that you can do anything. You can be the first Latina woman president. You know, we can do anything. And then to have to go back and tell her they stopped her. It's not going to be a woman this time. And then the realization that half of her family might be deported because some of them got their green cards and, and, and fulfilled their obligation. I'm sorry. They, they became citizens but more than half of them are still in the process. So they're taxpaying, but they're likely to be deported because they're Mexican. And then I had this, I don't know why I keep getting these crazy cable dudes, but cable guy came to fix my internet today. And 
and he decided he wanted to talk about the election. And um, I tried to warn him, you know, to tread lightly because I'm probably not the one that had this conversation with this little skinny white boy, you know, in my house um, to fix my stuff. It's like, just do your job. We don't need to talk about this. Um, But I'm so sick and tired of explaining to fucking white people about what they don't understand. They know what they don't understand because they don't care to understand. They don't care how this affects anyone else. I'm raising, I've raised, you know, three young women who have now participated in this process that's returned back void. And they're wondering what gives and they have questions and I have questions, but with Trump, it defies anything logical, ethical, natural. He is the worst this country has to offer. And the unfortunate thing about it is he found his tribe and it happened to be more than half of this country. You know, uh, Karan made a really good point and Torah talked about a little bit of it. Um, a lot of people are going to go straight on the blame black people and brown people game. Like we do every election when things don't go our way. Um, so this is a cyclical, cyclical thing that happens every two years, but it's really not, it's definitely not black and brown people's faults because due to the disenfranchisement of the VRA, like a sizable amount that wanted to vote were turned down at the polls. That's one thing a lot of people aren't talking about Two, yeah. It's not third party voters fault. Like whether or not they found some type of solace in either Hillary or Trump, it's still if any of them did not vote for for that uh, third party voter, um, Hillary wouldn't have had enough electoral votes to be able to win. What it boils down to is to to Karan's point, white people got information for bigotry. Like the fact is the facts. Like there's an article in the Guardian that does the breakdown of the exit polls and. White voters who made up 69% of the total electoral voters, 58% of them voted Trump. And it's uh, you see more data stats about it's not even just like a specific because people want to automatically just deem it like, oh, it's the uneducated ones or the rural redneck ones or whatever. No. Of it's every, yeah, it's all of them. Uh, white women voted for more Trump. Uh, millennial white millennials voted for Trump more than uh, Hillary. Uh uh, ones that were even in the lower uh, socioeconomic class, middle and high class voted more for Trump than Hillary. And even college edu- educated ones voted more for Trump than Hillary. So it sounds like white folk got information. And as a person who is a part of a marginalized group, I it's that's not in my hands. That's not my fault. Like that's get your cousins. That's not that's not me. Go get your family members because they're clearly the ones who threw their stones and hid their hands when it came to polling early and lied because they knew how terrible and deplorable their vote was going to be. And they knew how the climate was. So they were just going to lie about it when they did the entry polls. And so now here we are and all these people, white people on TV are crying. I'm like, well, some of y'all voted for Trump. So why are you crying? Like, I'm confused. There's a lot of people really sad. I'm like, man, I'm so disgusted. Well, somebody's lying in this regard because the numbers aren't lying in this regard in terms of who voted for who. So either y'all are faking the funk on TV 
or you're really coming to blows on how your selfish decision is going to affect a lot of marginalized people. You got to deal with that and you got to make those uh, um, adjustments accordingly to fix this. I, I'm done. As a black woman, I'm tired of being a mule. Y'all gonna have to fix this yourself. Once again, get your cousins. And I'm also tired of dealing with their feelings about me talking about it. Like, I would like for a day to talk about, I'd like to be able to talk about the failings of white people. I'd like to be able to talk about the fact that white supremacy won the selection for Trump without a parade of not all white people in my mentions. Like, I, I'd love for that to happen without, without being attacked by the, well, it's not us. It's just some, well, the statistics say that it's most of y'all. So I need for you to like it, like not today. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'd love for that to happen just, just today, at least like, I I'm tired of it. It, it, if anything, you're complicit and it shows, it shows that you're complicit. So maybe today you should, you should take this time to go talk to, if not you, you should take today to go talk to whoever it was in your circle who did go, who did vote for Trump. Katy Perry is talking about, oh, I voted for Hillary, but my mom and dad voted for Trump, but we're still going to have Thanksgiving together. Girl, if you don't go talk to your deplorable parents, like I don't, I don't have time. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't have time. You know what? I feel like, you know, they've been, we, we always get down to the angry black woman trope. Like no matter what happens, we're always the, the bottom of the rung. Um, and we get down to the angry black woman. And I kind of feel like now I have zero fucks to give. You wanted the angry black woman. Guess what? She's here. I got and I have zero fucks to give. I am tired. I am so tired of crouching my speech. I'm tired of turning my, my, my face in another direction. I'm sitting in the VA today. I'm sitting in the VA today, which is, you know, a different world all its own. But two older white men sitting behind me in the pharmacy are talking about how now they can go get more guns. And they were so joyful about it. And, you know, when when President Obama got elected the first time, there was, the, there was this uncomfortable thing when I would come around, you know, the people that I worked with when I was working. And um, they all thought I knew him because we all know each other, right? Because we all look alike. So they thought I knew him. But today, I felt it driving in my car. I felt it sitting in the VA. They're waiting for some pushback. And I am so tired of being told what is and isn't appropriate when this, excuse my language, this motherfucker has been elected to the highest office of the most powerful position in the world. When he openly, openly disregards, disrespects, and disgusts everyone whose path he crosses. And I am so sick of these people with their excuses, these, these white evangelicals, these, these Uncle Tom Negroes, all of them, all of them. 
Now everybody wants to get on the bandwagon, but I want to find out how many of those electoral votes were bought. Because I still have a hard time believing that instead of a grateful nation, we live in such a hateful one. This is why I wanted a recount. I feel like we should have had one. Of anything, she should have demanded one. This not, even if she didn't want to do it, even if she didn't want to put herself through it, she should have done it for us. Yeah. Because something, something is not right. It's just, it's not. There are just too many people, too many plans that we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Too many plans to rig elections. Too many plans from Russian hackers. Too much has been said about how they have this in the bag because they're going to do this, this, and that. And then now he won it so easily and we can't even recount to see, to make sure. I just, I wish they had done that. Mel, you've got whatever you're doing in the background. It's actually overpowering your voice. It's my dog. Okay. (laughs) She's moving around. Okay. So I didn't actually hear the last part of what you said. So if you can repeat that, that way it gets picked up on the recording. Yeah, I was just saying that it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe it's because I'm in denial, but I feel like we, we need that recount. We just, we need it to be sure, just to be sure. I think the only reason that she didn't ask for a recount was because um, of how we reacted when Donald Trump said that he wasn't going to accept the election results. And she was just like, oh, he doesn't believe in our election process. So mm-hmm. Fox was kind of playing those clips of her immediately. So I think she kind of rushed to give her concession speech um, because she didn't want to seem like the sore loser. And like she was going back on her word that she would accept the results of the election. Excellent point. Anybody else wanted to touch on that about the takeaways? Did we get everybody's feedback? Okay. Um, so were there any states that surprised you? I was really shocked that Pennsylvania went in the red. I pretty much thought she was going to win that state. So, and I was slightly surprised because everything else was turning red in the Southern states. I was slightly surprised that my home state, Virginia went blue. Um, but I'm glad that we went blue and certainly I'm sure Tim Kaine former governor of Virginia was happy about that. But uh, just curious to know from everybody if there were any states that surprised you um, that turned red or blue for that matter. I I will say this, Kristen, um, Utah, because just way, um, I mean, everything I've read about how people, the Mormons supposedly do not like Donald because he's such a, bombastic you know um crude person and they're the complete opposite supposedly and um there was a uh they there was a third person that um i i can't think of who 
they were talking about that that probably a lot of folks were were mentioning um, in presidential of one of the I forget like twenty or thirty people that were running for president out there um, that actually was getting some good um, good press in Utah. So they were thinking that either Utah would go blue completely or that um, this other person would step in and 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 get it and surprise pretty much everybody. So I was a little, um, I, I was taken aback by Utah. I, I figured cause Virginia, the past couple elections, you know, um, the Northern Virginia folks kind of come in and, and push the, you know, push the, the dial over to blue. So that didn't surprise me. And of course, you know, the West coast, you know, especially with California, it was, it was kind of of a given for me, but Utah really threw me off. North Carolina shocked me. Um, we were largely, you know, one of the one of the swing states, and um, it really seemed like we were headed in the direction of um, of Secretary Clinton, um, but it didn't happen. And I, I'm I'm my home state of Maryland. You know, I'm not surprised that they were blue, um, but. With so much that's happened here in this state, especially recently, I really thought that it was ripe for change, or at least that uh, we would see an expression of the desire for things to be different. Um, Because the bigotry here is just, it probably makes him feel right at home, which is why he came here so damn much. You know, Every everybody in every marginalized community known to mankind has been assaulted by the state of North Carolina in the last six months. All of us. So um, I really thought it was right for change, but nope. I was actually. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say I was actually really uh, necessarily surprised, but a little disappointed in, in Pennsylvania. Um, I went to college in Philly. Uh, so, and I, myself, and I think a lot of, uh, us as like voters have to do a better job of, uh, not inflating our thoughts about like primarily black cities versus the total of the whole state. Cause a lot of these areas like in Atlanta, a Charlotte, a Philly, like they have great, beautiful black presence in history, but like a little further out, like maybe 10 miles out, it's not very pro black in those areas. So I had to do a better job of checking myself for the next election in regards to that. But I was, I was a little, a little bummed about Pennsylvania, Florida. I was not surprised about because Florida is going to Florida. But if I remember correctly, I think they were blue the last two elections. So the fact that they were turned red, I was like, not surprised, but you know, still a bit of a disappointment. Overall, I think I was surprised about a lot of the the battleground states, how close they were in terms of difference of winning the whole state over. It was way too close for for comfort. And again, it goes back to how well we're we're ahead, like in ahead of time doing uh, projections. I think a lot of people were blindsided on these major news outlets on how close by votes. People were a lot of, if not all of the voting um, outlets that were covering the election were off by a large amount. So um, I think I was overall just disappointed with how close pretty much each uh, state was. Yeah, I'd say that I was disappointed with um, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, 
and still Florida, even though I mean, like clearly at this stage, um, Florida's going to Florida. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like Florida's basically always going to be Florida, but it didn't help that I was still like, really Florida, really? Because I felt like ultimately, um, you know, all of the, the third party and independent votes that they had really could have, you know, helped Hillary in the end. But still, I'm like, guys, this is the worst possible outcome that just happened here. And uh, we were all trying to avoid Trump. And you guys basically, you know, um, helped put him into office. So, yeah, um, I'd say probably those four states I was the most shocked slash disappointed uh, in for sure. I just wanted to say um, in regards to uh, Pennsylvania, I used to live in upstate New York. So I spent a lot of time driving up through, you know, rural Pennsylvania. And I'm not surprised that thing went red because I used to make it a point of never driving through there at night because I saw so many Confederate flags. Like it's the most that I've seen in in a state that wasn't in the South. Like they had no reason to have those flags there other than a racist reason. And then once the election started, so many Trump Trump like bumper stickers, Trump yard signs, Trump billboards. So yeah, I'm really not surprised by that state. Actually, I'm not really surprised by any of them at this point. Just they're all a mess. So as people have said, um, yeah, pretty, pretty surprised by Florida, North Carolina, but they have had quite a year of, you know, just kind of, being crappy to marginalized folks. So it was surprising, but then again, not very surprising for a year of trying to put them both in rice. So um, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I live in North Carolina, so it's, it's one of those places where you keep hoping for progression, especially considering um, it's one of those places where we've gotten like a recent influx of like college graduates. So you're like, oh, is it is it like is it becoming more progressive? But then this happens. So, <laughs> no, it's not. It it maybe never will be. We keep saying that we're becoming like this post-racial society and that this will be the generation that stops racism. But then you learn that, you know, it's racism is just going to keep getting handed down generation to generation. Um, And that millennials are just as racist as their forefathers. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting really tired of the whole post-racial like and and shock and awe of of uh, some folks or even on the um on the television um i kind of had to take a break from social media especially facebook which kind of sucks because that's what i deal with at work but um this one person that i know on um from from high school posted this rant about how we all have to be nice to each other and come together and you know you know this is you know what's done is done blah 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 and I'm thinking like really because I kind of remember for probably about three or four years constantly seeing you you know um take shots at our current president and his wife and and it's one of those situations where I just didn't feel like getting into it with her and her friends because 
I just I kind of put in the back of my mind like, okay, we're not we're not friends. We just knew each other from from high school and I didn't even hang out with you then. But, you know, you requested to be connected to me on Facebook. I really could care less about you. But, you know, just don't sit there and talk about how we all have to come together. And, you know, you're you're complaining about all this stuff and and making all these real generalizations and you know putting basically disrespecting you know a community and you know some of these folks I, I you know every once in a while I got to remind them that you know the, what you say kind of you, you're talking about me and you and you know you don't realize it because oh we never see color it's like you know especially with this this election made me this election made me realize, not realize, let me try this again. This election brought it full circle for me because I went through this um, a couple years ago where I posted the link um, on YouTube, from YouTube, of that scene from Do the Right Thing when Spike Lee's character and the, um, I'm sorry, my, I'm having uh, brain uh, farts right now with characters' names. But they're in the pizzeria and the son is dropping the N-word and Spike Lee talks about what about Magic Johnson and then um, he mentions somebody else and, oh, well, you know, he's not a nigger. And it's like, yeah, kind of, yes, he is. And with some of these folks that, you know, I that are acquaintances or that, you know, I happen to know, it's it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, hi, I'm I'm pretty much nigger. So you need to stop. And think about what you're saying and putting down people and some of you folks who complain about, you know, the ACA and all this stuff happening with healthcare. It's like you just you just voted to make sure that your kids who I know have a pre-existing condition aren't going to have health care when they get to be 18. And, you know, the, the children that are um, are mentally disabled are going to get picked on or physically disabled are going to get picked on because it's all right and there are some nasty people out there and you just okayed it and it just it's gotten to the point where you know I, I'm a patient person I pick and choose my battles but you know what I'm I'm ready to to start volunteering and you know and get more involved than I than I am just to make sure that my nephews and my godchildren and all the kids that, you know, I, 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 of my friends that I hang out with, that they, I don't have to be scared about them every time they leave their house. Sorry, didn't mean to, <laughs> to, to preach. That's okay. That's what this time is for. Um, anybody else wanted to speak on that before we move to the next question? Okay, so the next question is, why do you think Donald Trump won? And I know that we've already discussed in various talking points, we've gone over this already, but I want to know what your specific reasons as to why you think he won. I'll start. Um, I think number one, white supremacy had a lot to do with it. I think there's this fear of a more inclusive nation um, as more black and brown people are prospering and and making moves in areas of entertainment and tech and sports and literature, et cetera, there's this fear that somehow or another uh, that is being infringed upon, that something is being taken away from you um, by giving people of color and women of color opportunities. So uh, 
It's very interesting to me that a large percentage of white women, I think the number was 66%, um, elected to vote for Donald Trump over a woman that looks like them. So yeah, number one, white supremacy. I think mainstream media, like I touched on earlier, had a lot to do with it, giving this man a platform on a daily basis on networks all over. And I think also a lot of people are unhappy with the government. Um, you know, there has been some flaws in our our government and people are just sick and tired of that. And they want sort of an outsider, if you will, or uh, an anti-establishment candidate. And Hillary Clinton is very much establishment. She's very much um, been a part of the system for, for many decades. So I think that had a great deal to do with it as well. And then just this hate campaign that Trump ran against Hillary for so long and, you know, consistently using the moniker Crooked Hillary every time at all of his rallies and speeches and instilling this distrust of, of, of Hillary Clinton, who was never proved of any wrongdoing with respect to the, uh, uh, the email scandal but insisted that this woman is um, a criminal and even went so bold as to say she should go to jail, she should be in prison, to the point where, you know, I've seen bumper stickers on people's cars uh, put Hillary in jail. That is crazy to me that Donald Trump has had so much influence by this, again, false rhetoric about who Hillary Clinton is, that people are actually printing you know, these quotes from these various sound bites that he's said throughout the whole season of this campaign, they're printing these on stickers, they're printing these on shirts, and people are wearing this like a badge of honor, like it actually means something, that it actually has some kind of truth to it. And it goes back to what I said earlier, the whole brainwashing effect. If you keep telling someone the same thing over and over again, eventually they'll start to believe it. So, uh, he he ran a game on the American people. Uh, this is a guy that has had a long career uh, in business and wheeling and dealing and even had a reality TV show. And he's just, you know, just a snake oil salesman type. And he, he, he got us. <laughs> um, by us, I mean the, the majority of voters that voted for him. Oh, certainly not me. Get me. <laughs> But um, but he got the American people. And I I do feel that, unfortunately, there's a lot there's a large contingent of Americans that are not that educated or that don't educate themselves on issues in politics. Uh, they just listen to sound bites. They watch interviews here and there. And that's how they find out about the issues. They don't really do a lot of research into candidates before going out and voting. They really don't inform themselves well as a voter. And um, I think he played upon that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's my thinking as to why um, and how he he's become the next president of the United States. I don't think he, well, he actually didn't win. I believe his electoral votes were, were purchased. 
I believe he made a lot of promises to a lot of people about what he would do once he gets in office, just like he kept telling us what he's going to do, but no policy. We still don't have any policy. He hasn't put forth one thing that makes sense or that's in writing that's remotely attainable. I mean, he's, he's just, he's an idiot. I, I think, I do believe he purchased those electoral votes. Um, but he did not win this election. The people elected Hillary Clinton. They voted for Hillary Clinton. Um, and, but I do but not by much, not by not much. That, not that I'm trying to, you know, defend Trump and, and his, you know, his winnings, but it wasn't like it was a landslide popular vote. It, the margin was very, very low. It was, it was a very small margin, but it was a recognizable margin nonetheless for every media outlet to acknowledge the fact that she did win the popular vote. There's no question. It was a small margin, but there's no question that she won the popular vote in this country. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The, um, the reason he's in the position that he's in is because he awakened something and gave permission to something that has been festering for a very long time. Um, specifically for the last eight years. Get that nigga out the White House. They'd never wanted him there. He got elected twice, but he got elected twice because he became pretty good at digging us out of stuff. You know, um, he put a face of compassion back on the White House. He put a face of compassion back into America. He wasn't perfect. He's still not perfect. But... He is respected in the majority of the world. Donald Trump, and I just, his uh, his name makes my teeth hurt when I say it. Um, he's in the position that he's in right now because he gave permission. In this country, it is a worse thing for a white person to be called a racist than to actually be one. All he did was give voice and give them permission to say, fuck yeah, I don't like you. I don't want you here. You need to go back to wherever you came from, even if that's New Jersey. He gave rise to the kind of hate that this country was built on. And we talked about there being blood on the blood on the hands of the media. The blood is on the sheets of the of this country. The blood is in the soil of this country. He he reawakened, he reanimated the ghost of this nation, stolen people, stolen land. He's a thief. He is evil. He's evil personified. I don't even know. It aggravates me to no end because there is not a single positive quality I can even reach for when it comes to not one He's not a successful businessman. He's constantly bankrupt. His hotels have, are falling all over the place. He gypped so many people in business. I mean, for every for every middle class or small business owner that he has manipulated out of their money, he's bankrupted more people than he's filed bankruptcy for what? Six times? Seven? He's under investigation. The man is about to go to court to defend himself for raping a 13-year-old girl repeatedly. 
You can't explain to me. You cannot explain to me how a man who talks about grabbing women in the pussy, Mexicans are rapists and murderers, black people are living in hell, and who obviously has a history of association with pedophiles and rapists and is an accused deviant. He is a sexual deviant. He is everything. He represents everything that is ugly and ungodly and disgusting about this country. This country I fought for. I'm pissed right now. I thought, oh, I'm so angry because I gave my life, my livelihood. I'm still alive, but my bones don't work. My blood doesn't flow like it's supposed to because of injuries I sustained defending this motherfucker. I can't. I, I, he's in this position because he, he, he woke up the ghost of this nation. This is purgatory. This is our own national purgatory. Because this country has yet to atone for its sins against people all over this world. This is hell. And for somebody like me, who hurts physically 100% of the time from injuries I sustain with a gun in my hand, defending this country, this is the ultimate kick in the gut. It is the ultimate slap in the face. As a woman, I am disgusted. As a black woman, I am devastated. But I'm devastated and I'm disgusted enough to work. Because I might have been silent before, but I'll be damned if I keep my mouth shut now. Anyone else on... uh why you thought Donald Trump was elected president. And I do need to add that the uh, rape charges that were filed against Donald Trump were dropped. So just to put that out there, because we know how Twitter can be. They love to correct Mm. folks. So, um, but yeah, this is joy. I was just going to say what my personal gripe is, is that um, white feminism is trash. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) No, seriously. Yeah, the sky is blue. <laughs> yeah, it, right. And 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 the grass is green. Like this is where we're at right now. So we have said multiple times, we're all black women on this podcast, right? We're the black girl nerds podcast, obviously. I don't think it's a secret that we've been very clear about how um and as uh Carnithia on Twitter uh tweeted a while ago, solidarity is for white women. This is not new to us in our day-to-day life when we deal with and interact with intersectionality every day, every single waking moment. We're hyper aware of it. Um, but apparently the rest of the world was not familiar and the rest of the country was not familiar. And then when the them, them poll numbers popped up and it's on the Megatron and uh, white women definitely came in and uh, voted for Trump, it was like, oh, so we just don't exist? Keep in mind, yes, other marginalized groups are going to be uh, uh, impacted by by uh, President-elect Trump. But women of color in particular, 
as well as uh, queer women, as well as trans women, as well as disabled women, that is a double jeopardy that I don't think people really understand because they have to deal with intersectionality every single day. And um, to think that we were all together and listen, just because you're a white woman, you don't have to like Hillary Clinton, but a lot of the policies that she was putting forth and supporting should be in your interest. Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood, uh, uh, healthcare in regards to making sure that reproductive rights are covered under your healthcare that would hopefully be universal, things of that nature. You would think that that would, you'd be voting in your best interest and that was not the case. And it's a, it's a rude awakening when you're seeing people that are always in the first uh, in the forefront talking about how we need to be united together but again another group of people that throw their stones and hide their hands when it's time to do actual policy work when it's time to actually be unified and and put that vote out to make sure that somebody that would deal with our best interests as women in total gets elected and so they voted their privilege over their gender and the numbers don't lie so, yeah, white feminism is trash. Once again, get your cousins. Um, I just want to say that um, Trump is getting a lot of credit for this. But uh, what needs to be said is that he is standing on a platform that was built by the Tea Party with material provided by the Republicans. Mm. They've been working for the past eight years to convince yeah. everyone that... Mexicans are evil, Mm -hmm. that all Middle Eastern people are terrorists, that black people are lazy and they're out there taking all the money and giving nothing back, that this country is dying and the only way to save it is through them. So without all that work, all that groundwork that they've done over the past eight years, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't be where he is today. They did it. He profited from it, and this is where we're stuck now. Um, Kristen, did you have comment? Yeah, I just, I, I think a lot of it, I, I think he won because of laziness. Um, I think folks who um, just, people who just, people chose not to actually read, not to actually listen, not to actually question. It was you know, oh, okay, this is, this is fine. And, and not, and not looking at the history and what's being said. I mean, the, the whole Trump all of a sudden being Christian and, you know, the, the preachers, um, black and white Christian preachers jumping in. And, you know, I read an article where this one woman said, you know, well, you know, this is who Jesus is giving us to, to vote for. And, you know, we, you know, we, we, I'll vote for him with all my heart. And I'm just like, dude, um, you know, this man, what, 10 years ago, not even 10 years ago, was talking about how pro-choice he is. So, I mean, he says what you, I forget who um, who was speaking, basically called him a you know, snake oil salesman. That's who he is. He tells you what you think you you need, you know, what you need to hear if you are somebody of in power. It's, it's all it is is just... He just wants to, he's that bully that wants to be the class president. So he's just telling everybody exactly what they need to hear and abusing the folks who um, 
happen to have the brains and the and and wanting to ask the questions and you know the republican party a lot of the the republicans you know were too too scared to say anything nobody you know nobody asked questions or you know or he just he happened to come back hard and it was like oh never mind i mean i will um I just it just completely blows my mind, but I honestly think that's that's what it is. It's just pure laziness and hatred, obviously, of course, of people who are considered quote unquote different or people that that you don't know. And you know, it's it's it is too is too bad that you know we've we've kind of you know gotten into our own little corners of the world and no one wants to you know reach across to actually learn about anybody. And I mean, of course, I'm saying this, the huge blanket, you know, but, you know, that's, that's, that's basically what it is. Anybody else have any final comments about that question? Why you thought Donald Trump got elected? No. Okay. No, but can I say this? He's married to a cat and his children look like the children of the corn. I don't understand how someone can be so against immigration when all he does is marry immigrants. His wife barely speaks English. And we have to deal with this now. I don't. But she did fit a certain pro. She. she, Oh, you know what? That's my point. She takes us back to a place where women know their place. Because she's to be seen and not heard. She doesn't speak unless he allows her to. That's a problem being in that position, especially after Michelle Obama. Mel? I just want to say, um, she's European. So in his mind and his followers' mind, she doesn't count as an immigrant. Not like, you know, the rest of us brown people. Right. We're immigrants. Mexican. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're black and brown, you're an immigrant. If you're, you're white an immigrant. You're European. Yeah. Good you're, point. You're a traveler, you're an expat, you're whatever they want to call you. You're worldly, but you're not an immigrant. It's not the same. What can we do now to exist in a world filled with Trump supporters? Like we know we're gonna have to deal with this. We know we're gonna have to deal with neighbors friends, maybe even family members for some of us, um, not in my family, but, uh, you know, there's people around us every day that we're going to be interacting with that voted for this man and that are openly, eventually going to openly support this man. So what, what are some things, what are some suggestions that you have for our listeners that don't quite know what to do, don't know how to navigate in spaces where they have to deal with this on a one-on-one. What suggestions do you have for how we can exist in a world filled with Trump supporters? This is a tough question because I would really say it's really hard because we definitely still need to self-care and we need to be as positive as possible, but we also need to be as prepared as possible. And I think that like a lot of the Trump supporters who um, kind of came out of the woodworks Um, are the ones that we need to watch most closely. Like, you know, his supporters that have always been outrightly bigots and misogynists, um, we've been prepared for them. 
But it's those supporters who have kind of been in the background and not really letting you know this is how they truly feel are the ones that uh, we should look out for the most. And stuff, though, like we still have a lot of work to do. I mean, we still need to be organizing and we still need to be, God, prepared for the worst, but also making sure that we let everyone know that we are just not going to take this lying down or take this sitting down. Like he, in a lot of ways, is not our president, right? Because he is just not here for us. And so um, we need to be mobilizing and doing everything that we can on our end to make sure that that we are okay um, during all of these like major changes uh, in the world that are to come. Now, a part of me, a small part of me, really is hoping that this is like the biggest whammy of all time, y'all. Like that... He gets into office and he does the exact opposite that he's been talking about on this campaign trail. Like, just everything. That is just opposite day. Um, but clearly... Uh, opposite day. Opposite day. Like, I need for it to everything to just be opposite day. But um, clearly that's, you know, uh, a bit naive, so we need to be prepared for the worst. I mean, in all honesty. Uh, and what that looks like. Now, granted, in my mind, preparing for the worst also means we need to somehow convince Michelle Obama to run in the next election um, and start her campaign. People keep tomorrow. saying that, but she's I don't think she's going to do it. I don't think she's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I also think it's a lot for, it's a lot on your family and yeah. she's already done this. Her and her family have already, you know, kind of been through this with two terms. So it is a lot. Um, I'm looking she, at Cory Booker myself. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Cory, Yeah, absolutely. So I think just now we need to start thinking about the next campaign and the next election, too, Uh, because four years will come around before we know it. Like, in all honesty, I mean, these past four years passed by exceptionally fast. So we need to be preparing for what's to come post-Trump as well, like during Trump and post-Trump, for sure. No, we need to be preparing for 2018. Just the two-year mark, we need to prepare for that. Midterm yes. elections, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So true. Now. They do. So like they right do. now, we need to convince these young people who voted for the first time and are right now probably thinking, my vote doesn't mean anything because I voted, she won the popular vote, and then they still gave it to them. So we need to convince them that they still need to get out there in two years to vote because it's going to be crucial then. Don't wait till 2020. Just get out there 2018 get start getting ready now because yeah, that's very we, true. we can't wait four years we can't i mean it's possible he could be impeached that's my second wish other than you know they figure something out that i don't know big scandal they figured out his he did buy his votes and it comes out like next week but we just gotta get get ready for 2018 i think our, um, what's scarier than him is pence I, I do have to say that. I mean, he. Yes, yes. You know. Oh my gosh! Robot. I'm so glad you said that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Pence. Pence is a scary, scary man. So I, I mean, I would definitely. I hate to say it, but I, I mean, I have a feeling this is going to be just a one-term situation. I think um, he's going to be bored as all get out. So I mean, definitely keeping an eye on what's going on and with Pence. I mean, as much as we want to bang our heads. But I mean, for me, I think a lot of it, too, is really focusing on local 
looking at local elections, paying attention to the grooming of the younger yeah. politicians that are coming up in the local um, like city, st- you know, state and stuff like that, because a lot of the stuff that you see happening like with like like California, like a lot of stuff that happens in California tends to slowly come over east, like the legalization of marijuana and stuff like that. So you you know that eventually uh, now that's recreational is is legal. It's eventually going to kind of swoop across the United States. It may not be immediate, but it's going to take, a, you know, probably a couple of years. But um, stuff like that is is looking as to, you know, what's going on locally, how you can help, you know, with folks either running or, uh, you know, um, helping to educate your neighbors about stuff happening, because that's actually going to help us, I think, in regards to um, uh, sheriffs, uh, police department, um, getting more people of color involved, um, trying to get them working for the police department and hopefully working with the police department to help out, especially with the with all the um, the uh, cop killings that are happening uh, not cop killing, but ki- cops killing people of color and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I would definitely, you know, keep an eye on the national, definitely the, the stuff that's going to be happening in 2018, but I would, I, I would focus on, on local and, and, um, really getting people out there uh, to get involved. I agree. Um, I have a couple of things. Number one is show up because our government does start at the local level. We have the local level and the state level um, that were also affected by this election. Um, and 2018 is coming. It's going to be coming up quick. Um, we have a lot of kids that are old enough to understand what just happened who will be 18 in two years. And even more, that'll be 18 and four that are still old enough to understand what's going on and to explain that process. So tell the truth to your kids about what's going on in the world. The other thing is express yourself through art. We are in the midst of one of the greatest renaissances of black art um, in our lifetime um, and in music and film and in theater. Um, keep that creativity flowing and use your art as your weapon, as your mouthpiece. Um, even use it for peace, use it to find solace, make it your therapy, but continue to express yourself artistically. Um, if you are able to go back to school, do it now. If you thought about it, do it now while there's still money available. Um, if you're in a position to purchase a home, do it now, because we have no idea what the, what our market is going to look like a year from now, six months from now, three months from now. So if you're in a position to own your own property, and, and, and plant your flag, do it now. And, um, hug your children, hug your loved ones, tell them you love them and tell them the truth about what's happening out here. Tell them about these people, tell them about what we're up against and continue to show them with grace and dignity, how to move through this world the best we can. Any last thoughts before we wrap this up? Tora, did we still lose you? <laughs> feel bad that you got dropped off like that. No more final uh, joy. Oh no, I just okay. I saw so you took yourself yeah. off mute. <laughs> oh, I did. No, I did. I did take myself off mute. This just this sucks. That's all I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh, 
therapy. I actually had a, an appointment. I believe in therapy. I had an appointment today and I went and I'm glad I did. So if you need to get therapy, get therapy. That's a good point. Therapy is so, so important. So all of you guys out there that are suffering from mental illness, have family members or friends, please, please, please feel free to listen to previous episodes of our podcast. We, we talk about mental illness and give a lot of resources of where you can go to find help. I know on Twitter, a lot of people have been tweeting suicide hotline numbers and, uh, you know, ways to console with someone if you're just feeling really depressed. And uh, it's sad that it's come to that where people are feeling suicidal. But it, it, this is a very serious issue for people and a incredibly serious issue for people that are sufferers of mental illness. So uh, just take heed to that. And, you know, my final thoughts is just... I really hope that we all can continue to fight the good fight. There's a lot of great things that are happening in our country in spite of what just recently happened with the election of Donald Trump. There are so many people of color and black people in particularly who are creating spaces that allow us to have these kind of conversations and to allow our voices to be heard. And I'm so excited about the work that is being done in the pop culture space with respect to the entertainment field, literature, art, tech, everything. And seeing TV shows and movies and and our favorite comic book heroes um, being characters of color is so important. And we are being represented in this space. So I just wanted to uh, acknowledge that and just throw just a little bit of um, hope in your direction that, you know, we're going to get through it. We're going to tweet through it. And if you are on Twitter, the hashtag black nerd self care is trending. So you'll find some really great resources of ways that you can exercise self care as a fellow blurred. Um, So thank you so much to Tora, Mel, Karan, Joy, Kristen, and KB on this really great provocative discussion about the presidential election. Until next time, we'll see you on another podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.